Jackson Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Jimmy Cooper's house and a Rick Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope everyone is having a great evening. Ben McKee, Go Falls 247. I'm live from the Low T Center studio. Ben, why are you so close to the camera? I don't know. I'm always this close. I mean, you're a, you're a handsome fella, but you are close to the I camera. I don't know about that. <laughs> ben? got your raincoats rain boots have you built your art have you had do you have um your animals two by two loaded up my man judge is he ready for a boat ride tomorrow <laughs> uh no we, we we are not at all prepared actually we are prepared because we do not intend on leaving the house uh, we'll, we'll see if, if Tennessee wants to play some baseball tomorrow night, although it won't be up to Tennessee, it'll be up to mother nature. Uh, last I saw, and I, I vaguely look at the forecast looks like it's, it's gonna somewhat die down before 6 30 PM first pitch tomorrow night. So, uh, looks like they, they may actually be able to get the, the first game of this weekend series against Gonzaga in, uh, but we'll see. So if, if, if we don't have to leave the house tomorrow, then then we won't be leaving. Although I am pretty pumped about Creed 3 coming out this weekend. And and the wife and I are hoping to go check that out tomorrow night. Oh. So uh, if, if the weather could die down uh, b- before tomorrow night so I can get out and go see Creed, I would greatly appreciate it. You, you taking Knox to see Creed too? No, the in-laws are going to be here. So oh, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if they know yet, but <laughs> I, I think the hope is, is that they'll – they'll watch him which his, his bedtime's at eight and we, we were looking at the late night showings because of the baseball game so we'll we'll, we'll see but I'm, I'm pumped michael b jordan's one of my favorite actors uh the the creed movies are are some of my favorite movies i was just watching uh the the first creed trying to get all caught up uh and, and it's been playing on tv like crazy so i'm 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 excited hopefully we can get in and, and watch it as soon as the in-laws walk through the door from their trip, here you go. Bye-bye. Give them knocks and hit the road. If not, we'll just drop them off at your house tomorrow night. I mean, you've been saying that, but you, <laughs> you haven't done it. You can drop them off. Well, you, you, you've been saying that. I just haven't taken you up on that offer. And, and the first time I do take you up on that off, offer, it's, it's not going to be uh, at, at 9.30 or, or 10 o'clock on a, on a Friday night. I would not do that to you. Yeah, I mean, Knox want to come over here and watch me sleep. He's more <laughs> than welcome to do that. And I listen, you're a first-time you know, parent, and so I understand when we were first-time parents, like, it took a lot to let somebody else besides your your parents watch Knox. Like, it takes it's a lot. It's honestly not that. It's it's not that – I mean, obviously, I trust you with my kid. Oh, it's it's not, it's not you watching him and me being nervous – 
or, or us being nervous that something would happen to them. I, I, I'm speaking for myself, and I think my wife would agree. It, it's more we don't want to put the burden on you of of having to yeah. to watch him. We, we we don't want to have have somebody having to watch our kid. It's not yeah. necessarily us worried that something's going to happen to him. We we drop him off at the church twice a week and and, and let them watch him for a couple of hours a, a day. It, it's more so just not wanting to put that on your plate because you already have enough on your plate. You got a dog, you got three kids, and you're married, and you got a full time job. And and each of your kids is is doing extracurricular activities. Right. We're not trying to put a a baby, a seven month old baby, on your plate. That yeah. that's more so what it is. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three is our telephone number. Here to the we're swing. good friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 boys, man. I mean, hey, the offer ain't gonna be available for long. So I'm just letting you. Know I'm waiting until he turns three. You know, they hit that terrible three, and and then we'll 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 crack a soda in them and. Wind them up with some candy and some sugar and send them on over. That's that's all right. I'll be ready. I'll be ready for him. <laughs> 865-255-03 is our number to the Swain Event Hotline. Give us a call. You want to get in on the conversation. Uh, we'll put you on hold and get you right through. Just tell us your name and where you're calling from, and uh, we'd love to hear from you this evening. Uh, a lot of things going on with Tennessee Athletics this week. Good. A little bit of sad, bad. Uh, just a little bit of everything. Um, on the good note, the Tennessee baseball looks like they're playing a whole lot better. The competition hasn't been the same as it was uh, at the opening season. But my man Blake Burke, ooh, he on pace for what two hundred home runs, man? A lot, a lot. <laughs> he, he's gonna he's gonna shatter Luke Lipsius's home run record. It, it's funny, Luke and Evan set that last year uh, in the final game of the season or, or the final weekend of the season. I think Luke finished with 40 and Evan finished with 39 or it was 41 and 40. And I mean, Blake Burke is going to end up in the sixties if he stays healthy. It, it's pretty ridiculous. The trajectory that he is on from a uh, home run standpoint and, and he's going to play baseball for a very long time in his life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I saw, I saw that in him, man. Last year, early, I was like, "Wait a minute, hold on, man! Look at this! Look at that swing!" And there's a lot of high-profile guys on this team that were older, and you know, this is when you was coming to the house every morning. So hold on, hold on, hold on, who that? Who that Blake Burke kid? Like that? That swing is different. That's sweet. I like him a lot, and man, he has been spectacular so far. So hopefully, he stays healthy. Knock on wood, and we continue to see more uh, great play from from him uh, but baseball nice challenge this weekend against Gonzaga if the weather holds up basketball oh man are you are you going down to Auburn man I will be there oh I was I was fired up about the home game the last home game for the seniors versus Arkansas I thought Arkansas would be a really tough test and they and they were Tennessee was just really really good I thought that Auburn would be a different test, but nonetheless the test versus a team with less talent, but a environment that's going to be challenging for for Tennessee. And they're even more desperate losing Alabama. They were up 17 points uh, and just just blew that lead, and Alabama came back and, and won. Auburn didn't get a lot of calls late. Bruce Pearl was hot. You check out the audio from Bruce Pearl? Yes, I, I had several people 
send it to me. I, I think everybody in the SEC was enjoying that Bruce Pearl audio yeah. uh, last night, and it's a reminder that he, he's one of us. He gets he gets frustrated with the officiating, uh, the the way fans do, and then people who follow the team do. That that's what that reminded me of. But it, it'll be a a heck of a challenge. You you just said it. Auburn's going to be desperate. They haven't been playing good basketball of late. And because they haven't been playing good basketball, they're they're on the bubble. I, I don't know that uh, Twitter's been messing up for me a lot lately. So maybe I've missed some tweets from Joe Lenardi and, and Jerry Palm here and there. But it doesn't feel like people are talking about them being on the bubble. But they they don't have any good wins. I, I think like their best win is over Northwestern or, or, or something along those lines. It's a very lackluster resume. And uh, Bruce has been saying – the last couple of weeks that they need to start winning some games if they make it to the tournament and and said flat out that they needed to beat Alabama to make the tournament uh, outside of obviously winning the SEC tournament. So uh, they're, they're going to be desperate from the standpoint of losing to Alabama, like you just said, but they have to beat Tennessee to, to really feel comfortable going to Nashville about being in the NCAA tournament. So not only are you going to have a desperate basketball team for a couple of different reasons, but they're going to want revenge on Tennessee for how that game or how they feel the game ended improperly here in, in Knoxville. Uh, and then, like you said, that that environment, it's a high school gym. It doesn't fit a ton of people, but it still creates one of the best environments in the SEC. And uh, we'll, we'll see how Tennessee responds in its first game that it's going into, knowing that they don't have Zakai Ziegler. They, they responded tremendously on uh, Tuesday night after he went down three minutes in, but uh, I do think it's a little bit different now kind of preparing without him and, and just knowing that he's dealt with that heartbreak of having his season come to an end and just knowing that they won't have him. So it's going to be a real challenging test. I, I kind of thought Tennessee would finish two and two looking at the final two weeks of the season, uh, win the two home games and, and lose the two road games. And that was before this Auburn trip to Auburn looked even, it didn't look as difficult as it does today. Yeah, I mean, speaking about Ziegler going down, and I mentioned this on on Josh and Swain um, Wednesday. What was impressive about the game Tuesday, Tennessee taking care of Arkansas the way they did, like it was it was a dominating performance where Tennessee just did whatever they want to do inside uh, at the rim and in the paint. Olivier was great. Uh, Vescovy was was really good. I mean, everybody was really, really good. Awaka was a uh, a man child. Um, but the thing that w- impressed me a lot about the game against Arkansas and how Tennessee played was Zakai goes down four minutes into the game. Zakai is the heartbeat of this of this basketball team. He goes down. The, the arena's quiet. Everyone knows that it's serious. We got the official word to what today or yesterday there was a torn ACL yesterday torn ACL but we knew in that moment it was serious this basketball team had like a couple of minutes of reacting to what just happened I'm sure they were sad down but as soon as the whistle was blown like they snapped out of it and they handled business Ben Jason Allen 2005 dislocates his 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 hip at home versus Georgia. Inky Johnson gets hurt 2006 versus, versus Air Force. The game wasn't the same. Like, we didn't play the same. Our focus wasn't the same. Like, you see where 
something catastrophic happens in a game and like mentally, emotionally, like you're not there. Like DeMar Hamlin would happen in the NFL. Like that was even more serious because he stopped breathing. But there was no way those two teams were going to play again that night. Like what? No way. And so when you see your teammate go down the way Zakai Ziegler went down, you, you're not thinking about playing. These dudes handled business. And usually it's in reverse, Ben, where like a team emotionally is different and they struggle. They're not playing the same because mentally they're not there. And then the next game, they've had time to regroup. They've had time to practice without that player. And they look better the next game. Well, hopefully this is not a reverse because we look dang good in the middle of the game. And then you've had time to adjust to what you're going to do. Well, we see B.J. Edwards at the point. Ben, I kind of like, I kind of like Meshack at the point, man. I, yeah. I kind of, I kind of like that, Ben. It, I, it, I think we'll see more of that for sure, especially after watching all of practice today. I, I think that's something that we'll see more of. Not, not that he's going to try and solely fill in for uh, Zakai Ziegler. It's going to be a group effort. Uh, B.J. Edwards, he's going to get some minutes. Uh, I think Jamai is going to run more point than, honestly, like if you would have asked me how much point guard, like the moment Zakai went down, if you would have asked me how how much point is Jamai going to run the rest of the season, I would have told you zero, yeah. zero minutes. Yeah. Like in the moment Zakai went down, but then he was doing it against Arkansas, and, and he looked, I mean, he's not Allen Iverson or, or Ja Morant or even Zakai with the ball in his hands and, and being a primary ball handler. He, he's not going to do the between the legs a whole lot or or do anything fancy with the, the basketball, but he just kind of gets the job done. And he looked fine running the point against Arkansas and was getting to the rim and, and making stuff happen. And, and then the, the, there seemed to be an emphasis on, on him uh, kind of spending more time at the point today in practice. So I, I think that's something we're going to see more of for sure. On top of BJ Edwards is, if I had to guess, you know, eight, 10 minutes a game. I, I think he'll start playing, uh, assuming that he just doesn't get out there and pee down his leg, which uh, Rick Barnes and this coaching staff doesn't seem to, to think that that will happen. They, they've spoken very highly of him this week and, and how he's gotten better and, and they have full confidence in him. Santi has obviously run a ton of point. You saw Josiah come in as a point guard uh, and then go back to running point uh, the other night against Arkansas. So it's going to be a group effort, but I do think you're going to see a lot of Jemai doing it. Yeah, man. I mean, the thing, the thing about Meshack running that point, I mean, Arkansas's defense, guys, it, it, it was it was 10th in the country in efficiency. 10th, now, that's 11 now, but, like, Arkansas's defense, uh, especially those those wing defenders, dang good. And when Meshack was able to hold his own uh, at the point, it's not like he needs to, to be, like you mentioned, a guy that's super quick, going – Going between, he don't have to be the guy Ziggler, okay? Just bring the ball up, don't turn the ball over, and initiate the offense at the right time. Um, be able to identify when when uh, defense is going full court or when they want to throw some rinky dink quarter court uh, zone trap or something like that. Just be aware. Just be have the instincts of a point guard. And the fact that we run a motion offense that's the same regardless of who's in the game, like I think it's going to be okay. Uh, Things gonna be okay moving forward. Uh, you hate that for the Zakai, uh, hundred percent. But 
man, he's going to bounce back. There's no doubt about that. He's going to bounce back. He'll be better. He'll be stronger. Uh, there's not a doubt in my mind uh, that that will you know, be be the case. All right, 865-255-03. Auburn right now is an 11th seed with the big old red arrow pointing down next to their name. They are firmly on the bubble. Uh, last four buys, Memphis, <laughs> West Virginia, Nevada, Auburn right there. Uh, last four buys. The last four in is Mississippi State, Boise State, Wisconsin, Arizona State. First four out, teams that are not in the SEC, so whatever. Um, but Saturday's going to be fun. Tennessee has Auburn's got to win. Huh? Auburn's, Auburn's got to win. They they still might be in if they were to lose to Tennessee and, and then lose the, their opener in the SEC tournament, but they will be nervous. We, we know Bruce likes to sweat, and he will be sweating selection Sunday, next Sunday, if if Auburn goes 0-2 in these last two games before the NCAA tournament because their, their resume is is ugly, quite frankly. They, they do not have any signature wins whatsoever. I don't know how you put Auburn in if they lose. That would mean that Auburn would be 9-9 nine and nine in the conference. I agree, but the fact the fact that they're already in the, what did you say, the, ne- the next four bye or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like that, that that's a little more wiggle room than I thought. Yeah. That 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 I'm what uh what place where are they listed on on the last four buys? Like are they the first team listed, second team? They are the last team listed. Okay, so that I mean they're the first team out of the last four in. So they're 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 only ahead of four teams. And if some of those other teams do start winning or uh if if there's some some tournaments out there in, in the lower conferences, the bid stealers, as we call them in college basketball, a, a team that, that wins their tournament to get into the tournament that nobody was expecting uh, to take away a, a bid from a, another league, then Bruce is going to be sweaty on Selection Sunday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. 865-255-03. Did you see what Byron Young ran today? Byron Young made him some money today, some some big time money. Four four eight. I knew Byron could move, especially for his position. I didn't know he could move like that. I got four four three. Oh, four four three. Okay. Yeah. I got four that's four right. three. Think, yeah, fa- that's right. Yeah, the fastest defensive lineman since two thousand three. Wow. There was a there was a player from Virginia Tech last year that ran a four three six. Nolan Smith ran a four three nine. Montez Sweat, remember him from Mississippi State, two thousand nineteen. He ran a four four one, and then today, Byron Young runs a four four three. Manny Lawson, NC State, four four four, and then Isaac Hilton from Hamilton, four four four. So, in the last twenty years, Byron Young has posted the fourth. Fastest forty time of a defensive lineman. Wow! According to NFL research, he, look, he made a lot of money today. I also find it interesting, and, and I guess it, it's the same thing. But I, fi- I find it interesting that he's listed as a defensive lineman and, and not an outside linebacker. Again, he's an edge rusher. That, yeah. That's what we need to start calling these guys. He's darn. He's darn. He's Darnell. Um, he's Darrell Taylor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he honestly, you say Josh Sweat, and that, I kind of like that comp too. Josh Sweat's been tremendous uh, with, with the Eagles because of of his athleticism and speed, and, and that kind of reminds me of 
of Byron Young. I think BY is a, a little shorter and thicker. Um, but I, I like that comp as as well. Again, I, I knew BY was fast. I didn't know he was that fast. And and it, we we've said it a thousand times. His story of how he got to where he is now is just absolutely tremendous. And and he's a phenomenal person uh, as well from my understanding and, and just him doing media availabilities the last couple of years at, at Tennessee. He, he's, he's one of those guys that it's impossible to root against. Like you, you want him to have all the success in the world. So I was happy to hear that he had some success today. Uh, Jeremy Banks also ran a nice 40. Uh, I believe last I saw it, it was the eighth fastest linebacker time, uh, four or five something. Uh, sorry that I don't have an exact time off the top of my head, but uh, Jeremy Banks also seemed to, to have a nice 40 as well. And I think he had a nice vertical. Yeah, Jeremy Banks didn't have good. He didn't have a good interview session though. No, he didn't. Uh, uh, not not with the the media at, at least. Maybe no, he's not, yeah, not, not with the media. He did. Maybe he's been better with the uh, with when meeting with individual teams. But some interesting answers yesterday. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, we know what he needs needs to do. We know that it ain't any questions about. How hard he plays and um, the violence he plays with. You love watching him play the game of football, but there, there's going to be questions about what happened this year and what happened during his career at Tennessee. So uh, we'll, we'll touch on that uh, as we come back for break. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Go Balls 247. Uh, I'm live here in the Low T Center studio. We'll take a quick time out. Stay with us. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Guys, if you notice a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. You know you need to stop playing around and schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month, cash pay, or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center, or you just want the convenience of at-home treatment, all good. Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatments. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hey there, Swain Event fam. Happy to be back with you on the weekly show. And although our Swain Event schedule has changed, I'm still here on a daily basis to help you with your real estate needs. So if you are still looking for your forever home, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! You're listening to The Swain Event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. All right, welcome back. Swain Event Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Thanks for being with us this evening. You're on the podcast right now listening uh, at another time outside Thursday evening. We appreciate you as well. Ben McGee, Go Balls 247. 
We just chilling. We just talking sports, y'all. That's it. Nothing serious. Nothing serious at all. Nothing serious at all. Sometimes replacing equipment in your home can be overlooked until something breaks. But there's actually big problems that can come from outdated, old, vintage HVAC systems. Older systems have higher repair costs. They require more maintenance and result in higher utility bills. Even worse, they can break down when you need, need it the most. This month, during Hiller's Vintage Showdown, they're giving away a free HVAC system to the owner of the oldest unit. It's easy to enter these sweepstakes, these drawings. You simply go online to happyhiller.com and submit a picture of your old unit. Plus, everyone wins with trading credits is 0% interest financing for up to 48 months on replacements. Yo, y'all got to do that. If you're thinking about getting a new HVAC system, you know you need one, you have to go online right now, happyhealer.com, and get yourself in position to get a free HVAC system. Y'all know it's going to be a hot one this year. Y'all know it's going to be a hot one. It is not spring yet. Have y'all been outside lately? Grass is growing out of nowhere. Trees blooming. It is still winter. Mosquitoes is like, oh, yeah, y'all ready? Let's go. It's warm winter, y'all, so y'all know it's going to be a hot one. It's going to be a scorcher. So I hope everyone has their systems ready to go. And if you don't, you have to enter this drawing at happyhiller.com. You have to. So, when talking about who needed to combine the most out of our seven players that were that was invited, I wasn't worried about Darnell Wright. Dude has great film. Great film. And, and he's athletic. And he's athletic. Like, he don't really need it. He's going to dominate. He's going to be great. He'll do good in interviews. He'll, he'll be great. Jalen Hyatt, he's going to run a 4-2, in my opinion. I think he's going to run for two. Tillman's going to do his thing. Like, everyone's going to do their thing. The one guy I was concerned about that needed to do a really good job with the combine was Jeremy Banks. Because just as a football player, like, ain't no question. Jeremy Banks is a football player. He's a football player. But had an early off-the-field issue that caused him to be dismissed from the team. He did enough to get himself in position to be back on the team. And this past season was out for the South Carolina game. And you don't miss games when you're healthy for no reason. There's a reason why you miss games. It's a reason. And the combine is about being eyeball to eyeball with the coaches, GMs, or whoever, and talking about the good things that happen in your career, some of the bad things that happen in your career. And when they, they talk about those things, it's an opportunity for you to be accountable and own up to it and tell them what you learned from that experience. That's what they want to know. What you learn, how you gonna, how's it going to make you better, and how serious you are about football. And... 
he was asked in the media portion of the combine about him missing the South Carolina game. And the answer shocked me because I, I thought he would be prepared for that question. Prepared. And the quote, he says, it was just a competitive environment. Everyone's competing to get a spot. We're here now. There's no reason I should have not been playing to help my team get in the playoffs and compete for a national championship. So I thought I thought I thought the comments was a little weird, but uh it, it kind of seemed like he just was a little uncomfortable to saying, Yeah, man, I I, I didn't handle business. <laughs> I, I didn't handle business, I let my team down, I learned from that, and I, that's not gonna happen again. That's what I would have said. Or whatever my agent told me to say, but uh, this 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 answer may 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 hurt him. Now, it's not like they were looking for a great answer and they were going to draft him higher based on his answer. They already know what happened. Like they already know. Being remember when you were younger and your parents would ask you a question to see if you were going to tell the truth because they already knew the answer. They already oh, yeah. knew. They'll talk to your teacher. They already know that. They, already, they saw you on the, on the video camera. They they know what you didn't did already. But they want to see if you're going to tell the truth. They're going to see if you owned it. And they don't get disappointing to, uh, in you unless you lie about it, unless you don't own up to it. So we'll see what happens. Man. Hopefully, Banks is able to get himself drafted, uh, get on the squad, and just, just rock out, man. That's the best thing for him, best thing for Tennessee. And certainly have success, and certainly hope he is able able to do that. Um, Tennessee got commitment to wide receiver this 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 week, Ben. Twenty four miles away from Ole Miss, Mississippi receiver JJ Harrell, four star, surprised the living you know what out of people. We we was not ready for that one, Ben. It just popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, he he did, and because of the first thing that you said, I mean he's right down the road from Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin is one of the best offensive minds in football and has done a fairly good job of recruiting at Ole Miss by, by Ole Miss standards, uh, not Hugh Freeze cheating standards uh, to be more exact. And for Tennessee to go into Mississippi, especially when it, it, I mean, Tennessee has been one of the front runners, but I don't know how many people viewed Tennessee as the 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 clear front runner, if anybody. I I don't know that anybody ever really thought that at one point. They just kind of knew that Tennessee was one of the more serious schools that he was considering, and he he did kind of commit out of somewhat nowhere. Uh, it, it was rather a a quick development, um, but it, it says a lot about what recruits across the country think of this Tennessee offense right now, and and Josh Heupel and. Uh, the, the quarterbacks that are in the room, I think that definitely helps. I mean, Joe Milton won't be throwing to him, but you got five-star Nico Iamaliava right behind him, ready to take over the reins. And 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 then even aside from Nico, I mean, Tennessee is in with some pretty big quarterbacks over the next couple of classes. I, I don't know that they're going to go out and sign a, a highly ranked guy in, in this current class, the, the 2024 class, because I think that's going to be difficult to do after you just brought in Nico. But there, there's some 2025 guys that 
are considered the best in the country and are strongly considering uh, Tennessee. There's the the Cutter Bully kid from up in Lexington, Kentucky, oh, yeah. uh, that, that Tennessee is very interested in. A, he has a great name. B, it would be fascinating if Tennessee was able to go into Lexington and, and steal him away from, from Mark Stoops. Uh, there's George McIntyre uh, from uh, the Nashville area. And he's the, the grandson of the former Vanderbilt coach. Uh, and, and he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. So you've got some guys coming up. And even in this class, I just said that I don't know that they're going to be able to, to sign somebody super talented. And I, I could be very wrong on that because Jake Merklinger is a kid from Savannah, Georgia, that Tennessee really likes. And, and I think he really likes Tennessee as well. Uh, so the, the quarterback position looks nice. And you, you obviously notice that if you are a receiver. Yeah. Yeah. That was a nice, nice little surprise there, man. Nice little surprise. He can run too. Heck yeah, he can run. I watched his film. I mean, when he committed, bring he committed me, like in the middle of the bring day. Bring me all the speed. Yeah. I mean, he committed in the middle of the day. I, Joshua Slane was going on and he committed. So I started watching his film during the break. And uh, I like his film, man. I like his film. He, he, he is going to come in p- polished. As a, as a wide receiver, I feel like. I mean, he he looked really really good. So, a nice ball skills, nice wide catch radius, speedy. Looks like he has football speed more than just track speed, and I mean, he's fast. Uh, just watching him run. So, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting recruitment. Uh, it looks like he's 100 percent on board, but you know Long how things to go. go down in Mississippi. They're not gonna just roll over unless they want to leave the state. Um, they're gonna fight tooth and nail. So, and I think Alabama was was very interested at at yeah. one point. They offered. As well. Yeah, they offered. He was gonna commit yeah. in, in January, and and uh, Alabama offered. Then he took his time a little bit more, and boom. Maybe. Yeah, he's he's very very talented, and and he wasn't even the one that like was necessarily towards the the top of the board that people were aware of, right? Like like there's these five star receivers like the Ryan Wingos of the world who everybody is is very familiar with and, and trying to keep up with. And again, I'm not saying that he wasn't on the top of Tennessee's boards, but just from a fan perspective, there were some bigger names that people were kind of keeping an eye on more so. And to to get him and then potentially add some of these other talented guys are is is really really great for Tennessee. I have a question for you. It's going to put you on the spot, Swain. So buckle up, buddy. I, I'm I know you've been asked a million times via text and and probably DMs and social media and, and maybe in public. I don't I don't know if you've talked about it on Josh and Swain. I'm I'm sure somebody's called in and and asked you about it. Nah, but nah. Uh, but but some of these comments about Nico Iamaliava from. Uh, Dennis Dodd of, of CBS Sports, <laughs> the, the whispers that he's hearing uh, about Nico. A, how many times have you been asked about that this weekend? And B, what were your thoughts when you read those comments? <laughs> uh, we talked about it today on the show. I, have, I haven't had anyone. Well, I had one person reach out to me and, and send me the, the link and ask me what I thought uh, about about what was said in the article. Um, and what I said today, I'll tell you what I said because the same way I feel right now. Ain't it a little too early for that? Like, I mean, let me let me let me go let me go straight to the article. Let me go straight to the article. 
because I still have it uh, pulled up, I think, here on, on, the, on the rundown from Josh and Swain. I think I do. But let me go to this article, man, because I want to I make sure I'm careful with reading what was said before 100% addressing it. 23 things for spring, college football teams, names, and storylines you need to know entering 2023. Tennessee is listed at 22. It says Varia Maliawa was the early NIL poster boy, reportedly signing a three-year bonus, uh, late $8 million NIL deal with the Tennessee Collective. One small detail, uh, Ia Maliava, five-star prospect from California, must beat out veteran Joe Milton, who can throw the ball from here to next Thursday. And is familiar with Josh Heifel's explosive offense. The quarterback battle must, the quarterback battle winner must somehow resemble Hendon Hooker. Now, Nico lives up to his contract and will be mixed in with new offense coordinator, Joey Hosley. You won't believe this. Actually, you will. There's already whispers. Nico isn't worth the eight mil. Tennessee is covered as closely as the White House. So, Benjamin, the first reaction of, hmm, in this paragraph is when it said that he must beat out veteran Joe Milton. Well, yeah, if he's going to play early, he must beat him out, but not for the team to win. Like, I, I'm not expecting Nico to come in day one and be the starter. I'm not expecting him to be the guy day one. So if that's the expectation, then I don't think that's the expectation that the author of this article got from Tennessee inside that building. I, I didn't expect Nico to come in and be the guy day day one. Especially with how Joe closed the season. No, like I expected to be a competition. And I expect Joe to have the, the edge. And I expect him to win the job, at least for the first part of the season. And then we'll see what happens after that so that's the first thing i disagree with in in the article here must beat out veteran no no i mean if he wants to play yeah he he's gonna have to beat out joe Milton. but i'm not expecting that that, that that's, that's not any expectations that i have i don't care what the nil deal is or isn't okay the quarterback battle winner must somehow resemble him the hooker no no, 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 no. We I mean, just saw somebody about... not hitting Hooker have success at the end of the year, and and they pretty much have different games. I mean, if we're talking about resembling Hendon as far as completing the ball, throwing the ball with success, then okay. But I mean, Josh Heupel's quarterbacks have done that. So I mean, if we're bringing really vague by saying that, then all right. But if we're talking about you got to be like Hendon with using your legs and, and and have the same strengths as a passer, no. Like, no. We have seen Josh Heupel 
take dual threat quarterbacks, have success with them. We've seen him take pocket passers, have success with him. We've seen Hendon. We've seen Sam Bradford. I've heard Josh Heupel many times on record talk about how the game plan, the offense, is dictated by the skill set of the quarterback. Every good coach is going to say that, and every good coach is going to do that. So that's the second part of this paragraph where I was like, mm, mm, I don't know about that one. All right. The, the, the next one was there's already whispers that Nico isn't worth the $8 million. This was the this was the comment that caught my attention the most and I think caught everybody else's attention the most. When I saw that, I was like, oh, man. Okay. Okay. Have you seen all the announcements from the volunteer club about which athlete has joined the uh, event series. I mean, it's like yes. a ton of them, right? Yes, it, it's it's gotten worse than it's a, ton of uh, a, a five-star recruit tweeting out that he got an offer from UAB. Hey, that's it's a reason why they're doing that. I understand. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, out of all those players, and we don't know what their deals are, but of all those players, Guess what they have in common with Nico? Nobody is worth the money yet. <laughs> because the damn season ain't started. Spring ain't started. No games have been played. Nobody has shown that they're worth it yet. No, you haven't made a play yet. So there's no way to determine if someone's worth it today. There's no way to know. First day of spring practice hasn't even started it don't matter what you did last year contracts are put in place because they're projecting of what you're going to do we're going to give you this deal that's going to pay you in the future because this is what we think you can do and a little bit of what you did before but we don't know if any player is worth the contract that they have signed because the season hasn't started yet. We won't know if Nico is worth this reported number, honestly, until he finishes his career at Tennessee. Because Hinda Hooker had two years with Tennessee. One was spectacular. One was pretty damn good. In those two years, Ben, do you think Hendon was worth $8 million? Well, it's funny. I was actually about to, to put you on the spot again and ask you what, what you thought $8 million was, was worth. And to me, I, I, I would say no, because I, to me, an $8 million NIL deal is worth an SEC championship at minimum. I mean, to me, that's... I I want to say national title money. Ben, let's let's talk about what Hendon Hooker did here at the University of Tennessee. He did a lot, mainly his second season, his last. He did season. a lot. Hendon Hooker was the best player in the field at home versus Florida College Game Day. 
was the best player. You won at home against Florida. Again, college game day was in town. The exposure your university got, big time. You beat Alabama at home. You had the greatest college football moment of the year, any school, anywhere, and probably damn near any sport, honestly. The scene at Neyland Stadium. How much do you think that was worth? <laughs> my, A lot. My, my man, Hendon Hooker, after the Bama game, was the leading Heisman candidate. How much do you think that's worth in, in, in recruiting quarterbacks moving forward? Like, A lot. I know Hendon didn't win that championship, but Hendon can't. He can't play DB. Like, he did everything he possibly could do with this offense to put this team in position to be a national champion. Dude, Tennessee was ranked number one in the country in the first week of the college football rankings. Bro, number one in the country. It lasted four days, but that ain't the point. The point is Tennessee was ranked number one in the country, man. You don't think that's worth eight million dollars? I don't. Not not yet, at least. I, to me, eight million dollars by by college football standards. I to me, that's like national title and and playing in the playoffs, SEC championship type of money. Not not trying to devalue what Hendon did, but I mean, there, there were no championships involved. And from the the types of things that that we're hearing that that players are are getting, like I. Outside of Jaden Rashada, I mean, who have we heard kind of in that sphere? I mean, what one of the conversation around Bryce Young was that he was getting a million going into his season this year, and he was underpaid. Yeah, oh, I agree, one thousand percent. But, but he, even like so in within the college football landscape, I eight million that to me that's title money, in my opinion. I'm saying he was, and I comparing him to Bryce Young probably isn't fair because what. Hendon meant for Tennessee was probably more than what Bryce Young meant to Alabama. Like they've oh, had thousand percent. Yeah, they've had so much success. They're used to it. Like Bryce Young is unbelievable. Like he's amazing. He was the best player in the field when Alabama came here to Tennessee. I'm sorry, anybody who thought who thinks it was anybody on Tennessee's team, but it was Bryce Young. Bryce Young was the best player in the field. And then Donald Wright was number two. And then Jalen Hyatt was number three. Now nah, hold on. I don't know. Jameer Gibbs is pretty damn good, too. But anyways, my point is, Bryce Jones is the best player in the field, okay, that day. But what Hendon has meant to Tennessee in the last two years, I'm not saying you stroke him an $8 million check. I'm just saying what he's meant to Tennessee is worth $8 million because the football program is the front porch of the university. I know for a fact that enrollment numbers are out of control right now at an all-time high you don't think football got something to do with that nope all tony vitello baby <laughs> oh okay like listen he may not be worth eight million dollars okay but man he might he close what hendon did for tennessee in the last two years he, he is worth more as of right now than technically nico is well thousand percent because he actually did it that's my Correct. that's my whole point with with and there's with, no guarantee that Nico will do that. There's no there's no guarantee. We don't know, but 
Nico has four years to do what Hendon did in two. And if Nico can do what Hendon did in, in the last two years, then, psh, hey, man, he might be worth it. He might be. Oh, if, if he goes out and wins you a – again, I think that's title money. So if, if he goes out and wins you a, a title, is especially an SEC championship, with what Georgia's doing, what Georgia defense, looking though, like – What's that? What about the defense? That obviously – like football is a sport. So, I mean, all sports are like that for the most part. I mean, basketball is maybe a sport you can get away w- with having one player carry the load. Um, but even like – I mean, my first thought that comes to mind when thinking about basketball is Dirk Nowinski, and and even what Jason Terry was on that team to yep. to to help him out. Yeah, gotta so, have some help. You you do have to have some help, but the the quarterback is is obviously such a a huge 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 part of the equation. Um, and, and like you're not going to see other positions get that type of money, which is a a good thing that Tennessee has the resources to where you can give a, a high-profile quarterback that type of money and also still have enough to go take care of the rest of your roster. I mean, at a place like Tennessee, you're, you're capable of doing that. And I do also think you have to remember when Nico committed to Tennessee, he committed to Tennessee over Alabama, and Tennessee did not have the season that it just had yet. Mm-hmm. They they didn't beat Alabama or Florida or get to number one or or Hendon Hooker have a Heisman type of season or Jalen Hyatt have a breakout like Tennessee was coming off of a seven and six season in which it lost to Purdue in the Music City Bowl going into year two of a rebuild and I I think people thought Tennessee was going to be a, a decent football team but nobody knew that they were going to do that so you you if you're Tennessee within those circumstances to get a a guy like Nico who one service has him as the number one overall player in the country, number one overall quarterback. Another has him as the, the, the number two quarterback behind Arch Manning. You're going to have to pay that much money to get him over teams like Alabama. And, and I remember Georgia kind of was in there trying to get him to come visit and whatnot. You, you, they were in a position to where they, they're going to have to overpay, where now, like some of those quarterbacks I mentioned earlier in these next couple of classes, Tennessee doesn't have to – to overpay to, to get a talented quarterback to to come here because they there's evidence of what Josh Heupel can do on the field as a quarterback developer and, and winning and, and placing winning pieces around the quarterback. Tennessee's so collective. I think, Tennessee's collective. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I had to catch myself today too. Yeah. I mean, I mean we all know what we're referencing. Yeah. I mean, it's the collective that's, that's getting it done. Um, but whatever we know um but tennessee isn't gonna have like they were in a position to where if they were gonna get nico like they were gonna have to overpay you you ready for another point i gotta make here about 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 the topic but there were already whispers nico isn't worth eight million dollars you want to know about some whispers during the spring of 2022, you want to know some whispers about the quarterback position? Yes, yes, yes. There was some whispers about how Tennessee's in trouble at quarterback. About how Hinton Hooker, the transfer from Virginia Tech, yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's the guy. Then there's some whispers about a transfer quarterback coming in after spring practice concluded, named Joe Milton. And the whispers also said that Joe Milton's going to be the starting quarterback. Why? Because didn't see a lot from Hendon during the spring. What ended up happening, Ben? Uh, Hendon ended up taking over and running away with the job <laughs> like, after Joe got hurt. Like the whispers was wrong. The whispers was wrong, man. Yeah, Hendon Hendon had forget just spring of you said two thousand twenty two. That was spring of twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, twenty one. My bad. Yeah, yeah, twenty one. Sorry. It wasn't just the the spring, but it was also in the fall leading into the opener against Bowling Green. Yeah, like going into the opener. Oh, Hendon doesn't push the ball down the field. He's not that dynamic. And and that's why Joe started, because he yeah. does push the ball down the field. He does have a dynamic arm. And, yeah. and then he, he doesn't play well, slash gets hurt. And Hendon, he's a gamer. Yeah. Here's my point. How about we wait till some damn football is played? Till some real <laughs> football is played? That's all I'm saying. Well, also... I don't know about you, but I haven't heard those same whispers. I ain't heard none of those. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that they they think he's gonna. I haven't heard that he's gonna go win the Heisman as a sophomore after Joe this year, or or just Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant, or or be like Trevor Lawrence was to, to Kelly Bryant when Trevor Lawrence was a freshman. I I haven't heard those things, but I, I've I've heard good things about Nico so far. Yeah, I heard good things. Remember, remember there's an article. I think it was a local paper. And the article talked about how there was people complaining about the misuse of the Tennessee wide receivers. Yes. And I was like, uh, I've heard that. <laughs> I, I've heard people complaining about the, the, the receiver rotation. All I've heard is people being being happy that we're kicking people's asses. That's that's what I've heard. I, I've heard people being happy that we put 40-something points on LSU at LSU. I've heard people being happy that we put 52 points up against Alabama. All I've heard is people say, man, these receivers are balling out. All And all I've seen since the season <laughs> is how fans are excited to see how Jalen Hyatt and, and Cedric Tillman do at the Combine and see where they get drafted and, and how they do as a rookie in the NFL. I, I haven't heard. I haven't heard. I didn't hear that. I showed them. Damn sure I didn't hear these whispers about Nico not being worth that was That was my first reaction is like, Huh? Who? That? What? Where'd that come from? I have not heard that. Who said that? Who said that? Because it'd be one thing if we respected Nico to come in and be like the guy day one, but like, I'm not. I think anyone with any common sense is, is not. Like, there's some people that have not forgiven Joe for his play you know, two years ago. His first year at Tennessee, but Joe looked good to Orange Bowl. And if Joe can continue to play that way, then like he needs to be the guy freshman year. And if you can redshirt Nico, marvelous. Well, that'd be the greatest thing to oh. ever happen. I, I've I've been saying that since the beginning of this past season. If if it'd be the best thing ever for Tennessee and Nico if Joe Milton handles his business this year. Nico can can kind of watch and and get in games here and there when when they're blowing teams out and 
and be ready to to take off as a, a redshirt freshman or true sophomore in 2024. That that would be best case scenario for Tennessee and Nico. Man. And and like even going back to one of the whatever the 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 comment was about competing and and I guess it was just about competition, not necessarily winning the job, but like from my understanding, Nico and, and his camp have, have been open minded to red shirt. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah, to yeah. red shirting. Yeah. They, yeah. I think they also realize that it, it wouldn't be the worst thing ever. It's not as big of a, a hit to the pride as, as it may seem. And it knowing that like also tells you that those whispers about him not being worth the, the money, I, I'm not buying into to, to those comments. I mean, Dennis Dodd is a, a very well-respected reporter. He's been doing this for a long time, and he's broken a ton of stories. So I, I'm sure he's not going to write something and put something out there that's just bogus. But it doesn't line up from from what I've heard for, for many, many months now. And I, I just – I have a hard time believing that. And, and granted, like eight million—that's a lot of money. That's like he, lot. even Swain has that's differing opinions on kind of the the value and and that's the expectations that come with that. So uh, technically, he could end up being correct because if I mean Nico could have a good career, a a solid good career, and some people will still not view him as as worth that much money. So it still technically could end up being true, but it comes off as if. Like it's not clicking since he stepped foot on campus, and, and I have not heard that at all. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that either. I haven't heard it either. So I appreciate the content, though. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate giving giving us something to talk about. I have another question. Okay, you mentioned that you were not concerned about Darnell Wright or Jalen Hyatt or Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman at the Combine. You mentioned you were a little nervous about Jeremy Banks, but were you nervous? Were you not nervous for Paxton Brooks? I mean, are you, are you going to – I mean, wh- really? what are your thoughts there? Were you nervous about Paxton Brooks, no, Brooks he, going to Indianapolis? He's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. They're going to review his seven punts on the year. He'll be all right. Well, his day was today, first of all. Oh, uh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> what did he run? I don't know. I ain't worried about Paxton Brooks. He'll be all right. He'll be good. He'll be just just fine, Ben. We're, we're, Tennessee is PU. He is naturally okay. No, we're not. We're not PU. Tennessee is PU. No, or, or actually, I... I nominated it to be changed to specialist you and you see a specialist you between kick returners and kickers and punters and and long snappers specialist you now we 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 gonna we gonna we gonna gonna say that in the meeting room like in the special teams meeting room we're gonna put signs on the wall that says specialist you we're going to talk about being specialist you amongst ourselves we're not putting out graphics we ain't tweeting about it we're not bragging about being specialist you right now let's win some more games let's put some more guys outside of kicker and punter in the league let's be consider position you in some other positions first and then we can come back later after we've conquered other positions and say specialist you but we ain't doing that right now Ben. 
We're not doing that right now. We're going to have everybody laughing at us. Jeremy Pru got it. Everybody laughing at us already. Just, yeah, but now the laughs are starting to go in his direction. No. I see. I just see some Chick Fil A jokes from other fan bases this week. Well, I've I've seen the jokes at Alabama fans about how they they were just convinced that he was going to be their their new defensive coordinator, even though people in Knoxville, people outside of Knoxville, kept saying he's not going to be your defensive <laughs> coordinator because he ain't coaching college football anytime soon. Hey. Ain't happening. And honestly, jokes about breaking NCAA rules for any fan base, it's it's kind of corny at this point, right? Like, it's corny. It's corny at this point. You got NIL going on. You got the NCAA that has the, the least amount of credibility they've had ever. So, making fun of a different fan base because they're under NCAA investigation is is corny. It is. I mean, just come on. Tony Vitello says hello. That's my guy right there. That's my guy. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Take a quick break. Come back. Wrap everything up. Ben McKee, Go Vols two four seven. Jason Swain here. Swain event. Feel about that in barbecue. Still sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out how to buy and sell in this complicated market? I get it, and I understand why you're hesitant. That's where I come in. Call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865 257 7897 or email me at Jennifer Morris. 865 at gmail.com. I'm happy to help answer any questions you have, and whether you're ready to rock in two weeks or two years, I'll be here. Look forward to hearing from you soon, and go Vols! Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup, or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Healer is giving away free vacations for you and your family this month with every purchase of a new whole home generator or select. Fellas. Do you need an annual health exam? I recommend going to Low T Center to get your complete health assessment. They will check all of your levels, not just your T level. In most cases, it's completely covered by your health insurance. And if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for a full lab panel and office visit with the medical provider to give you a complete health assessment. Low T Center specializes in men's health making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your online appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Ben, why are you looking at your phone like an old man? Why are you so close to it? I'm trying to figure out. Honestly, I'm trying to figure out if uh, did uh did one of these uh 
football players come read to your daughter's class? No. Younger, youngest daughter? No. 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 I, in, in this video that I'm watching that football tweeted out of Joe and Aaron Beasley reading to the youngsters, I, I swear you, you're – one of your kids was in the background. I was trying to figure out if it was her or not. I didn't I ain't, I ain't hear anything about that today during school pickup. They would have said something. Man, they would have said something. I'm also old and don't have my glasses on and can't see. The way he's looking at that phone. I, I, I know. He was well, real close to it. I don't scroll my phone like this. I was trying to figure <laughs> out, again, if it was... The, the person I thought that it was. I got you. So I was trying to zoom in with my eyeballs. I got you. I got you. I got you. Oh, man. All right, let's get to the phones right quick. 865-255-03. Good evening. Who do we have? You got Gene. Gene, what's up, man? How you doing, man? I'm good. Good. It's good to hear from you. You too. Dennis Dodd. He's never been shy about throwing throwing shade at Tennessee and creating false narratives about Tennessee. Just not even not even just now. I mean, God, gets on my nerves. Hey, he he may be right. He may be right, but I think it's too early to say that. I mean, he ain't played a game yet. He hasn't practiced yet. Yeah, I mean, the way he's framing it is if he's not the man day one, that people are saying he's not worth the money, and I, I'm not hearing that either. No, no, and I know there hasn't been a ton of Tennessee football talk uh, because, I mean, outside of a couple of recruits or uh, a couple of commitments, it's been quiet. Like it was a quiet off season around this time last year for Josh Heifel, and I like quiet. If, if 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 there's a lot of talk about your program right now, that means you got players getting arrested, getting in trouble. You got drama going on. So we'll have something to talk about here in a couple of weeks when spring practice starts. But, like, right now, I'm I'm cool with the silence. Baseball and basketball, they're handling business. Not exactly silent, but yeah. Yeah. Especially baseball. Yeah, they're handling, they handling business. They're keeping us occupied. Do you think that the school being uh, so quick to uh, put three games against Tony might have had something to do with uh, all of the football stuff being negotiated right now? Just trying to get ahead of ahead of that before anything else could come out. I don't think so. The, I, those are two different situations. The and Tony, it was Tony's decision to self-impose the the three games. And I think some, and I don't think I know some in Tony's camp encouraged him uh, to do so. A to try and get this situation behind him, and B, as, as you saw, it it did end up helping Maui Ahuna become eligible. So the thought was was that that slap on the wrist self-imposed three-game suspension uh, would would help Maui become eligible, and it did. Hey, Gene. I felt, bad for, I felt bad for that man's family. 23 people show up to see him play his first game, fly in from Hawaii, and he doesn't get to play. Yeah, I felt bad. I felt bad, too. That stinks. 
Hey, Gene, did you catch Ben say, I think, and then he changed it and said, I know. I knew you were going to bring this up. Did, did you hear that, Gene? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I miss you guys. I'm I told y'all last week everything was going to be okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just I, – I just – it was just the timing. You know, we're, we got all this stuff that's just now being announced about – show causes with uh, the old football coaches and, and, and they're trying to work out a settlement and then all this stuff happened. Uh, the last thing I think they want is more people snooping around another Tennessee program. Yeah. They've been looking, they've been being sweet to this because he just said that he knows, uh, but you know, they've been looking at the whole Maui stuff for a couple of months now. So. Well, you know Ben knows all about the baseball right now. Right. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's the guy I don't know what y'all in the back about. rooms getting all that, all that uh, inside information. I, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. But, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're t- two totally different situations. Uh, NCAA has been around for, for a minute on the Maui situation. Tennessee just thought it would be over with by the time the season arrived and, and everything would be good to go. But – um, I I don't I know Kansas came out after opening weekend and and said that they signed off on this and that and that they complied. But uh, on opening day, I I think that if they sign a piece of paper, then Maui's just eligible on on opening day. They 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 could have helped the situation more. And NCAA has been been looking into that situation for a couple of months. And outside of the, the little slap on the wrist, they, they haven't found anything to my knowledge. So I, I, I think Tony is, is going to be perfectly fine. And it, apparently self-imposed punishments work like crazy because uh, it, it's, it looks like the, the football program is going to get off pretty good too, because of, of its quick action and self-imposed penalties by firing everybody. Uh, so that that's also good news on the, the football front, in my opinion. I've done something to Dodd. Ben McKee accuses Kansas of being a USC. <laughs> hey, he can he can have his he can have his opinion. That's cool. He can have Guys. he can have his opinion. He can say what he's gonna say. Uh, I let him. We let him do his job, Gene. And and thanks so much for the phone call, my man. It's good to hear from you this evening. Have a great evening. We'll, we'll, talk we'll, we'll let we'll let hey writers do what you want to do. Uh, I'm not. At the point where I'm, I hear criticizing other media members. That's that's not that's not what I'm trying to trying to do. Uh, I I can disagree, I can disagree, but I'm I'm not gonna sit out here and sit out here and confuse uh, confuse, but uh, accuse media members of having agendas and doing all that stuff. I'm I'm not gonna do that. Now they do, and blatant then hey you can call a spade a spade i'm just saying i'm not gonna do all that i'm just gonna you, disagree you've with just matured so much since keep, the end of the it, butch jones like era that. that's what i'm gonna do what you say ben i said you've just matured so much since the end of the butch jones era uh, i guess i guess so I you, guess you, you say, are notorious for having some some memes on the fine bomb show i can i can barely hear you i don't know why Probably a good thing. No, it's always a good thing to hear to hear you 
dropping that baseball knowledge on us, man. This one is always a good thing. But man, it's 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 about that time, my good friends. Man. Uh but first, first before we go, uh when we started the show, I said that uh this this week, you know, it's been good, it's been bad, it's been sad. And the reason why it's been sad because we lost one of the most passionate Tennessee fans, one of the nicest, happiest Tennessee fans that I've known since doing radio. Um, Roger Davis passed away earlier this week. And if you listen to Sports Talk Radio in Knoxville, regardless of the show, you know about Roger. You know about Raj. His spirit, that smile. Last time I saw Raj was at a remote Alabama game. And it was his birthday. And he was smiling ear to ear. And on his birthday, he came to a Joshua Swain remote. And we took pictures. And he was so fired up about the game. And I'm just glad he was able to see Tennessee beat Alabama. And Tennessee had a season that they had. We got a chance to see a little bit of basketball this season. And His impact on so many show hosts and so many listeners uh, was was apparent by that news segment on WVLT. So many conversations throughout the city on different shows. And I don't listen to other people's shows. But I did see a lot of people on, on Twitter talking about what was talked about on other shows. And Roger Davis was talked about on all the shows in Knoxville, including Joshua Swain. And I uh, just want to send some some love to his family and uh, just rest rest easy, Roger. And we're going we gonna to miss you. So I uh, just wanted to send my love to the Davis family. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. We hope you have uh, a fabulous, fabulous rest of your evening we will be back the podcast will be up Tennessee baseball Gonzaga tomorrow maybe <laughs> Saturday on the road Auburn Lady Vols at SEC tournament Lady Vols at softball get things cracking too We'll be here next week. Another edition of the Swain event. Again, with Ben McKee of Go Vols 247, I'm Jason Swain. We hope you all have a great evening. Peace and love.